What's up, you guys? I'm your host, Michael Swoboda, and this is the Average Alaskan Podcast, the show where we cover the good, the bad, and the ugly of Alaskan outdoors and life here in Alaska. Man, it's been a while. My apologies, guys. I think this is week three. I left y'all alone for two weeks. I'm so sorry. I feel like a, a shitty cow moose who abandoned her, her calves, her, her brand new baby calves. So, uh, yeah, my bad, guys. Uh, life's getting crazy busy. It's summertime. It's Alaska. That's the name of the game. You're using all the daylight you got, and we've got a lot of it. So uh, we're doing a lot of things. And unfortunately, we just hadn't had the time to slap a good episode together for you guys. And I don't want to put out a bunch of junk. Um, Y'all deserve better than that. So uh, we hadn't been able to sit down in the studio for a while. But uh, here we are. So we're going to have a good one. You didn't get the awesome Sean Love uh, introduction like every other episode. Uh, because he's not with us today. Uh, unfortunately, uh, he's attending to some family matters uh, that we can talk about later. Uh, but for right now, he's not with us. So uh, it's just going to be me. But we're going to have a good time. We're going to talk about some things. We're going to cover some things. We're going to get some stuff off our chest. Uh, because that's what we do here, you know. We just ramble. We ramble into the microphone. You guys listen. and You guys enjoy. Or at least listen. I mean, I don't know if you guys enjoy it. I know a few of you do. Uh, but uh, anyways, thanks for listening, regardless if you enjoy it or not. Um, <laughs> but here we go. We're going to get this one rolling. Want to do? We're going to do a full episode on it, I'm sure. But two weekends ago, uh, two weekends ago, or was it last weekend? No, it was two weekends ago. Uh, we did a camping trip for Miss Jordan Raymond's birthday. She turned a big 25 years old this year, so uh, we were going to do something. She wanted to do something. She didn't want to just have a normal birthday, wanted to make a trip out of it, and so uh, we loaded up the boat and decided to go out to Tustamina Lake here on the peninsula. Uh, it was my first time up to the lake. Uh, I've spent a good bit of time on and near the Kasiloff River, but Tustamina Lake is at the headwaters of the Kasiloff River. And the main reason I haven't spent any time up there is uh, there's no road access to the lake. It is uh, only only access is by boat via the Kasiloff River with the nearest. Ooh, sorry about that. Uh, the last of our chicks um, that are now pullets are freaking out over in their little enclosure. Enclosure uh, should be the last week of chickens, though. So that's awesome. That is a. Uh, been part of the reason we haven't had an episode in three weeks is uh we've had chickens in here for the last two months it feels like i maybe three months i have no clue when we put the chicks in here but uh this is the third batch of chicks jordan has raised this spring and early summer and they're all doing amazing they're doing awesome but uh they've been in the garage for a long time um but this is our last group of them and they're about ready to go to the real home so that's awesome but uh i'll get back to the story so there's no road access to the lake you got to put in in the Kasiloff river about uh it's probably a mile maybe mile and a half uh down river of the mouth there uh that feeds into tustamina lake 
and a couple horse trails or hiking trails, but about the closest closest access is about six miles on foot, a little over, I believe. I think it's like 6.47 when I mapped it out on Onyx, and then um, the boat launch. So if you don't have a boat and you don't want to hike in, you can't really get to the lake, which is... uh, you know, it has its pros and its cons. Uh, big pro, it keeps a lot of people off the lake and means you can just kind of go out there and be secluded. It's a massive lake. Um, and so you can find tons of places to not be around people because it's hard to get to and it's really big. Um, speaking on the size of it, it's bigger. I believe it is, uh, I don't, I can try and pull up the exact size of it, but I believe it's just uh, under 80,000 acres, uh, which makes it bigger than Catchmack Bay. And at its deepest uh, point, which I believe is 980-something feet, it makes it deeper than Cook Inlet, which are the two bodies of water that surround Homer down here and are the main staples of the Kenai Peninsula coastline. And so it's a it's an intimidating lake. It's uh, very large, gets massive uh, weather pattern patterns that roll in there. It's a long lake stretching out to the east and at the eastern shore, full of glacier like glacial ice. It's you know huge glacier up there, so you get these cold predominant easterly winds that sweep across the lake and build huge seas. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of people uh, perish and die on the lake through boating accidents and other uh, wet weather-related and maritime-related incidents. And it's just, it's just kind of scary lake and shitty weather. And that's kind of what we had going into Jordan's trip. Knew the weather wasn't going to be ideal. Knew the weather was going to be real shitty uh, in Homer. But we were driving up the road a couple hours. So we were hoping to miss that weather pattern. But uh, definitely got some of it, which is okay. Uh, We drove up Friday night. We had some obligations Friday during the day. So I had to get that all knocked out. Met up with Sean and Sam who were joining us on the trip. Excuse me. But joining up with Sean and Sam, uh, we loaded up the trucks, loaded up the boat, and then headed up to Kasilov. Got out to the river pretty late. It was probably 9 o'clock or so by the time we got the boat in the water. Um, And then we started our trip across. Uh, We knew we had a little bit of breeze, but the river was really nice. So started heading, heading out. And uh, before I continue with it, detail I forgot, um, leading into the trip, me and Sean spent most of the free time on Friday when we weren't doing stuff, getting ready for the trip, uh, looking for our Garmin uh, depth finder and plotter. Uh, we'd recently gotten a Garmin Fat Maps, their 74 SV, which is kind of their uh, mid-tier of their solder plowder, uh, plotters. They've got their... Uh, forgetting on the name of their nicest model. I want to say it's the Ultra or something like that. Um, But those run in like the $2,500 range. So we went with their kind of mid-tier, everything we needed for the skiff. The skiff can't even uh, really use all the features that the Garmin has, which is nice. Um, But we couldn't find it. It uh, has a nice little quick detach feature uh, so you can remove it from the boat, not have to worry about it getting stolen, that type of stuff, or staying out in the weather. Um, because we don't have an enclosed cabin on the skiff, 
we usually remove it in between trips. And we did that leading up to this trip. Um, and somewhere in the two weeks or so between using the boat, we misplaced it somehow. So um, it's here somewhere, uh, I believe and hope. But uh, we couldn't find it for the trip. So we we're we'd never been on the lake before. I'd taken some pictures of uh, some charts and stuff for the lake. So I had a decent idea of what we were going to be uh, working with. But you didn't have any of your, you know, real-time information while you're out there, um, which didn't really bother me going into the trip. It's definitely a nice uh, benefit to have, but I have most of the maps and stuff on my phone. I had pictures of the charts and stuff, so I knew we'd be fine, but it definitely was a bummer not having uh, our brand-new electronics for this trip. Um, so get up to the mouth, head out into the river. You can see why white white caps on the river you know it's pretty chopped up but eh, it wasn't you know nothing that made us think twice about heading out uh at the beginning there the trip right up there at the mouth there's what's the name of it caribou island uh that shoots out from what would be kind of the southern uh shoreline of the lake and so we had a good wind block for about half the trip over and we were probably in consistent two to three foot chop running through that area, which wasn't too bad. Uh, we had Sean driving the skiff there coming out of the river and that first portion of the uh, run across the lake. You know, he was he felt comfortable, you know, weather wasn't too bad, but it was progressively getting worse. Um, and so I stepped in. um just to kind of finish out the trip, uh, let him stress a little less and uh just just do what I could to improve the situation. Um, so we cleared Caribou Island. Our weather kind of steadily steadily got worse at this point. We're in consistent four to five foot seas and then, you know, an occasional build up to like six and a half. Um, but it was it was pretty gnarly for for a lake for any lake in general, but just I mean that you know, that's shitty conditions for that size vessel in Kachemak Bay. So it was just, it was rough, rough weather. But uh, luckily, the skiff we're on, extremely seaworthy. Um, you know, it's built for this stuff. It's built for gnarly Alaska weather, which is uh, really nice. Was more than confident in the boat. Uh, but I knew for sure we were going to be drenched. We were already wet at this point. You know, you got spray, the wind's blowing. So, you know, there's no keeping the keeping the water out of the boat. So we were getting wet the whole time. But once we cleared Caribou Islands, it, it got real soggy real quick. <laughs> and, um, and so lots of spray. The girls are just drenched. The dogs, we brought both Stanley and Bam, uh, mine and Jordan's. What is she now? Eight month old uh, Pitbull Lab Mix and Stanley, who's about the same age, I think a tad bit older. Uh, and he is a full blown corgi. Um, two awesome adventure dogs. They're, they're a hoot to be around. It's definitely a bit of a hassle having the dogs with us on any trip. Um, uh, but we love their company. We're trying to get them trained up so they can do more stuff like this. And, uh, so we don't have to leave them behind on, you know, other trips. So this was their maiden voyage and we definitely, they probably trauma bonded a good bit on that. You know, they kind of had their, you know, issues with each other going into the trip, but by the end of the trip, they're good friends. And, uh, gotta be a little bit of trauma in there so uh <laughs> but we started we cleared caribou island 
kept heading across in good weather for perspective on the lake. It was about a seven mile run going across. Um, so in good weather, when we can have the, you know, outboard just cranked up, just scooting along up on step, uh, you know, it's about a 20 minute run, uh, across there, but it took us about three hours to get there, uh, on this run. When, once we hit or cleared Caribou Island, we we're basically just jogging into the waves, cutting into them at a 45 when we could. And you're just kind of putzing along. It's all you could really do in that weather with the vessel we're on. Um, so it was, it was pretty, we were good and tired by the time we got across. We'd never been to, we rented a uh, state use cabin uh, called the nurse's cabin there on uh, what would be the northwest corner of the lake. It's the nearest uh, access point from the road. You can There's a horse trail that leads in. Like I said, it's about six and a half miles in there, I believe. Um, but you can run it out through the state. Uh, really cool spot, nice cabin. Uh, once we got there, everything was awesome. Uh, but it is pretty treacherous trying to anchor on that shoreline over there. It is lined with massive boulders um both exposed and unexposed so it's a pretty shallow approach into the shoreline and it's filled with rocks so if you're drafting more than you know two foot of water um you're really going to want to watch your p's and q's going in there and this is where not having the garmin made it a real pain because uh, on there you have your on-demand depth shading and stuff shows us a ton of um um just uh goodness gracious what would you call a boulder if you were describing a boulder on a map um obstruction that's not a good term for it. anyways uh obstruction we'll go with that but seeing any of the obstructions under the water and just knowing your depth because it is a glacier fed lake so you get that really pretty but also you know, thick as milk, uh, look to it, but, um, that pretty blue glacial blue water, it's gorgeous to look at amazing for photos, but it's just, there's not, it's not clear. So you can't see down it, uh, you know, down deep into the water, hardly at all. So rolling into the beach, we're getting over there trying to pick out a spot to try and land and it's an exposed beach to the easterly winds we were having so you've got you know breakers coming into the beach you know usually we anchor offshore and then pull the boat ashore um unload everything and then pull the boat back out uh using an offshore mooring rig but that wasn't really an option. That's what we were going to try and do. But I was worried about holding the boat in the surf for too long. And so we just kind of abandoned that, found a spot away from the cabin about half a mile, which was going to be our best spot to get the boat anchored up and have some chance of getting it offloaded. Because at this point, it's 1130 or so. We're not, you know, super thrilled with the situation. The girls are over it. Sean's pretty stressed. I'm not stressing at this point because we made it across, but the whole ride across, stressful. So we're just, we're whooped at this point. Um, so we get the, we drop the anchor. We decide to just drop anchor shallow enough to where we're out of the swell and out or out of the brakes at least. And I had my chest waiter, so I was just going to carry all of our gear onto the beach, uh, which 
wouldn't be too bad, but uh, we way overpacked for this trip. We brought every every little luxury we could because uh, we were trying to make it a super fun trip for Jordan, and so we had a ton of extra BS that uh, we weren't going to use for the most part, but we wanted to have and you know for activities and whatnot. So we started unloading the boat, and we probably got four totes of stuff, and then all of our packs, um, as well as my rifle. And so do a couple trips, sitting there, anchor's holding fine, boat's doing great. It's John's not in a great mood at this point because he's stressed. He's on the boat. He can't really control anything. And with just one of us on the boat, it'd be real hard to reset the anchor and everything. The girls can definitely help out, but they're just, they're not as used to it as me and Sean are. So we were trying to avoid that. And luckily anchor held just fine. We get all the gear on board and then we, as I'm on the back corner of the boat, I have Sean release the anchor, uh, slowly letting out scope so we could get the boat a little closer to shore, uh, have the girls put on their uh, uh, their driest clothes, as in waders or whatever um, rain gear they had with them, and then just kind of fire them and carried them to the beach the last couple feet. Uh, wasn't super bad, only had to go, you know, five feet carrying the girls over the rocks and stuff. And then it was deep enough to where they could just, you know, hop out in there and their extra tufts and, um, and Jordan's waders. So we finally made it. That was by far the most exciting, uh, part of the trip for uh storytelling, <laughs> storytelling purposes. Cause after that, it was pretty, pretty laid back. We, uh, got in late. So we made up a quick, uh, bite to eat there in the cabin. Um, got some shut eye, Luckily, nothing too crazy happened through the night. The dogs were a little uh, bit of a handful, them getting used to their new environment, soaking wet, stressed, and all that. Um, but got through the night. Uh, Jordan did have a minor uh, mouse incident during the night. Uh, saw one scurry across um, our picnic table there inside the cabin um, and shot off down into the floorboards. Uh, but outside of that, uneventful night. We all decided to get a little extra sleep, slept in a little bit in the morning until probably about 9 o'clock, and then just proceeded to get the day started. Luckily, the weather was gorgeous that second day. We were just in the center of the storm, in in the little eye of it, you know, in our own little paradise. Nobody else on the lake, just sunshine all day long. The bugs weren't bad. We stoked up a fire, cooked some breakfast, sat around the fire and had a few drinks during the day. And then uh, in one of the totes we brought was some pool inflatables or, you know, floaties, any type of water floaties. Not many people have pools up here, so not a ton of pool floaties around. But, you know, your little inner tube, we had a couple of those lay down backs rest jobbies but went ahead and inflated those the girls really wanted to go float on the lake so we headed down there uh, got out to floating super fun time super cold Uh, but spent the day doing that and then that evening we uh, were checking the weather because we had service in a few little locations out there which was odd uh, but handy for this situation but uh Checked the weather, saw we had a system rolling in the next day, and then it was going to get pretty shitty through the night and into the next day. Um, And if we didn't have to go all the way across the lake again tonight, uh, that night we had to take Sean and Sam in early, and we planned on coming back out, just me and Jordan, for another night. So making 
you know, four passes across the lake. The weather was going to get bad. We just decided, uh, let's just pack up early, head in with Sean and Sam. We'll stay at the homestead in Kasilov, and then we'll just, you know, go home a day early. It's all, no worries. We got stuff at the house we can do. Weather's not going to allow it. It's not going to allow it. So, um, you know, hopped in the broke camp down uh, a little slower than we should have. We knew the weather was going to pick up about 7, 8 o'clock. Uh, so we started p- picking up gear, uh, getting everything ready, shuttled down to the beach. And right about the time we were getting everything down to the beach, the breeze started to pick up a little bit. Um, nothing too bad, but you could definitely see the system kind of rolling in and knew the weather was going to go to shit. So we were trying to get the boat loaded as quick as we could. We had to go walk down to the boat cause it was anchored about half a mile from our cabin. Um, hop in the boat, bring it around. By the time we get around, the winds picked up really quick. We've got, you know, breakers coming onto the beach again. Um, so once again, we kind of had to anchor offshore and, carry all the gear in um so i had my chest waiters i carried everything in left sean in the boat to operate the boat uh while i was running gear uh jordan had some waiters um so she was able i was able to pull the boat in close enough to where she could get out there she definitely got a little wet um but stayed relatively dry unfortunately miss sam uh didn't have any waiters for this trip and we the closest we could get the boat was like it was probably 15 feet offshore or so. And so uh offered to try and, you know, piggyback it with Sam, try and carry her in some way. But uh there's no way, even with carrying her, that she wasn't going to get pretty drenched. And so uh she opted to just, you know, full send it, just dove right on in, um, pretty much ran out to the boat, hopped in the boat. Sean fired it up, gave him a little shove off. I hopped in, um, and then we pulled the anchor, headed back across. The weather was a lot nicer coming across this time. There was still probably about a four-foot groundswell with a couple spots, uh, especially across the wide-open portion of the lake there where you're getting some wind-driven chop on top, stacking them up to about five foot. Um, But they hadn't had time to build like they did the other day, so it was kind of a real slow lump. And I was able to get us on step and cruise back home, you know, at a comfortable, much more comfortable speed. Definitely scared Jordan uh, with that method, <laughs> though. Unfortunately, she definitely uh, opted to throw a life jacket on about halfway across, uh, just because she wasn't used to the situation. And we had much more, much less spray, much less everything, but just at the higher speeds and the you know bigger waves, uh, spooked her a bit. So, uh, but all was all was fine. Everybody made it out safe. We got the boat loaded up and then continued on with our trip. But uh, the reason I just over-explained and drugged that story out longer than it should have, um, it'll be much better with uh, everyone else here in studio with me so uh, they can share their uh, opinions and thoughts on it and everything like that. Um, but I wanted to talk about some of the things that we really fucked up on on this trip. Um not that the trip went bad or anything like that, but some major like safety things that we just kind of put on the back burner um, for a myriad of reasons. And this was a prime example of a, a trip where things could have gone wrong and people could have got hurt um, fairly easily. 
Um, and we neglected to take the proper uh, and our usual safety measures to um, secure that that didn't happen. So I just wanted to talk about some of those, let y'all know where, you know, we fucked up and try to prevent it for any of you guys. Cause uh, like the intro says, you know, we cover the good, the bad and the ugly of shit like this. And this was definitely, it was, it was a good moment. It was a good memory. It was a good time had by all, but it was definitely uh, ugly in the aspect of, uh, you know, really putting safety as a, a number two on this trip, which we shouldn't have. So Firstly, like I mentioned in the story, uh, me and Sean misplaced our Garmin, which is our plotter and uh, depth sounder on the boat. And that's our only main piece of electronics. It tracks our course, does all that. And we misplaced it. It's a huge luxury to have on the boat. Uh, I think any boat owner or captain out there should be able to navigate without a plotter uh, or depth sounder. They definitely... Are beneficial but as long as you have some form of knowledge of the depth in some way or form and know where you're heading and have the proper backup equipment to get there if uh, fog rolls in visibility gets bad loss of electronics whatever it may be i think it's you know every every boater out there should be able to go without electronics because uh you don't necessarily need them but they are very handy and if you own them Use them because they're helpful. You'll become a better uh, and more confident boater by using them. But we didn't have ours. And so that was definitely lingering in the back of uh, both of our minds. Sean definitely felt it a little more. Uh, He didn't feel as comfortable with it as I did. Um, I have a lot more experience, um, you know, driving a vessel. And he felt he recognized that and he totally understood and he was cool with still doing the trip at no point did he want to back out but it just made him uh, significantly less comfortable um, going across not only did we not have that we didn't have outside of photographs i had on my phone backup knowledge of the lake and the depths of the lake and the topography of the lake or any information about the lake I had done plenty of research leading up into the trip, and I had screenshots of charts of the lake and all that on my phone. But at the end of the day, if my phone battery dies or I drop my phone or lose my phone, uh, I lose all that information as well. And that's just that was dumb on my part. Uh, we let technology uh, creep into our lives in a lot of ways, and phones are definitely one of them. Everybody, I'm sure everyone listening to this, has a cell phone um, and we use it for a lot, which is good, but it's also a crutch at times. And this is where it was a crutch um, because without that, I didn't have a hard map. I didn't have, you know, a hard, co- like a, you know, a individual compass. I didn't have any of that. I have all that integrated into my phone and I had means to charge my phone and everything, but without having another backup, that's a little more uh, rugged or uh, not susceptible to water, which we were around a ton of and soaking wet and in the middle of a lake. Um, Your cell phone's just not the best uh, backup plan. So definitely recommend having a chart of whatever body of water you're on uh, because it'll give you physical landmarks as well as uh, mental landmarks of what's underneath you. And uh, 
the land as well, which is handy. So definitely just carry a chart of where you're at. Um, even if you're on a huge boat with all the electronics, have a hard chart. We always have hard charts uh, on our big boat. So just do it. Um, along with that, neither of us brought our Garmin inReach. Um, Sean had lent his out to Jake Richter, who was on a recent episode uh, for a couple of his kayaking trips. And Jake had just finished up with one of those trips. He was back in town, but we didn't mind. We didn't want to stop and bother him. Uh, we felt fine without it heading up for the trip, which was just kind of us being lazy. All we had to do was add five minutes to the drive, swing by his house, uh, and we could have grabbed it. And mine was just hanging up in my closet. Um, I haven't, uh, re, uh, what do you call it? Restarted or, uh, reinitiated my subscription with them since this fall. It's just kind of been hanging out, uh, in my closet. I've been being cheap and been broke. So, cut a corner there um at 60 bucks a month or whatever and bit myself in the butt for it luckily we didn't need to use it but once again the garmin is super handy it's got mapping capabilities it's got all your um you know all your tracking necessities you need if you got lost wavepoint drops uh built-in compass built-in maps all that fun stuff so great for navigation but it also as they're famous for has their sos button so you can just you know flip that open hold that button down and you'll get a black hawk in the air heading out to recover you wherever you're at so uh that's nice to have especially in a lake like testamina very dangerous like i led with we were in pretty dangerous conditions uh don't get me wrong, there's a lot of really nice days out on the lake, and it feels uh, kind of cheesy to talk about, you know, a really deadly lake in Alaska and then just talk about safety stuff for it, um, but we almost fucked up, and it's a big lake, and anybody that's used to that lake understands that it's not a safe place. Like, it's, it's just not, you better go with good weather you better know where you're going you better have a backup plan because there's no roads getting in there the only way somebody's going to get there is by you know helicopter seaplane um and that like i mean it just it's the way it is oh sorry got all sidetracked now i forgot where i left off my garmin um but yeah, so having that safety feature, there was no excuse between me and Sean. We each have one. Neither of us brought ours. And for me, it didn't bother me, uh, but it bothered me that I put the girls in danger. Uh, you know, with me and Sean, we understand sometimes we put ourselves in situations and that's fine because we're going to be the ones bearing the, uh, you know, repercussions for that. But when you put somebody else in that situation, um, that's just, you know, it's, it's not responsible. You're being a dick. Like you're putting somebody else, uh, in danger. And sometimes you have to, sometimes we choose to. Um, and this was a time where, you know, I definitely chose to, um, not to directly put them in danger, but I put us in a situation where it could have been dangerous and I didn't have the controllable items that I can control, there to mitigate the danger so kind of felt like an asshole for that but you know that it is what it is um along with that we have not outfitted the boat with vhf radio which we wouldn't you know 
for what we use the boat for, we don't have a real use for it. But in a situation where you don't have an inReach and can't call for help, a VHF radio really helps. And I recommend every boat has one. Uh, many states, it's a Coast Guard requirement to have it. Uh, know the size and class vessel you're on because if you don't have a VHF, eh, you might be breaking, you know, the law, um, which, you know, I don't care if you do it or not, but uh, you're going to get a ticket and you're just not being safe. So I recommend you put one on there. Um, and, you know, they're fun to chat with people on there. Do it respectfully. Do it on the right channels. But uh, I don't know. It's, it's like having a CB in your truck. It's just it's a fun thing. <laughs> but uh, use it responsibly. Don't chat on channel 16. You'll get a fucking earful. Um, but no. Put, a, put one on your boat. Don't be like us. Do as you say, not as I do. Because, um, yeah, didn't have that. Didn't have our Garmin. Uh, so we've got no way to call for help. We don't have our plotter or depth sounder. So I know where we're going. Um, but I didn't, you know, couldn't put, couldn't give you a map for it because I didn't have one. You know, just going off of my knowledge and uh, my planning for the trip. And I couldn't tell you how deep the lake is. So, uh, you know, you're just kind of winging it, trusting your instinct, trusting the skills you have, uh, which worked out just fine. Made it across safe, uh, improvised in our anchoring uh, method, changed it up. And, you know, that's part of just being prepared. Uh, can't just lean on the same crutch every time. Uh, you got to be able to do multiple, th- you know, multiple different uh, styles of anchoring for different applications. Um so we were able to lean on our skills and keep everybody safe. Um, but we just, we neglected the gear side um, a lot for this trip. And which, in a, if this would have been a trip where it was completely flat, calm and gorgeous weather the whole time, you know, this could have easily been an episode talking about how those, you know, pieces of equipment aren't always uh, needed or aren't, always you know it's good for us to step away from those and be you know be better boaters or be better you know survivalists or whatever it may be you know this could have been an episode about that but we didn't have our shit and we put ourselves in a shitty spot in a dangerous place in a remote place uh and didn't only endanger ourselves but endangered both of our loving girlfriends that we care you know way 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 more about than the average person so you know it was it was just dumb on our part and i wanted to acknowledge that uh and just give you all some you know food for thought on how to prepare yourselves better or just open your eyes to you know we fuck up man we should acknowledge that and try to do better because i don't know you should don't be a shitty person. Acknowledge when you fuck up. Um, but for so for you know safety wise, I think that was everything we didn't have. We had everybody their life jackets. All the girls had life jackets. The dogs had life jackets. Me and Sean had life jackets if we wanted them. Um, oh, yeah. We also need to wire in our bilge pump better. Uh, note to self: um, We wired our bilge pump. Um, shoot four weeks ago and it was right i mean we were doing it at like midnight before a trip so we just kept it unfinished but with our ability to just take the raw wires throw them on the battery get the bilge pump going um which we tried to do which is a lot harder in when you're running at any speed in rough seas and uh yeah just realized that that was 
also really stupid <laughs> on our part and uh, we should just hardwire it like we've been planning to since you know we've been doing this project but you know let the excuses of life overtake us and we just fumbled the bag once again in that category um sorry i don't mean to be all doom and gloom and i hope i don't sound like real depressing in my voice um it feels that way in my headphones so uh this should be more uplifting and happy and comedic but uh (laughs) I don't know if it's just me, but I think I sound like a fucking whiny asshole. Uh, but I am a whiny asshole, so that's okay. Um, man, what else did we fuck up on? That might have been it. I think everything else is good. We didn't hit anything. We didn't hurt anybody. We had an absolutely blast of a time on the lake. Enjoyed the sunshine. Floated. Just enjoyed people's company. Had a great time with the dogs. The dogs did amazing. They were awesome for this trip. And really excited to see them on more adventures. Because um, they're going to grow a lot. Which is going to be super exciting. And just get better. And hopefully we do a good job of incorporating them into the stuff we do. Uh, so that can go unpe- unimpeded. And they can come along and enjoy. Um, but yeah. I think that was all of the the safety shenanigans that I wanted to cover. Um, It was a great time. Uh, Don't let any of that stuff uh, make it sound like we were, you know, looking death and, you know, looking death in the eyes or anything like that. We were, we were safe. At no point was I worried about our, you know, our safety outside of, I was worried about, keeping the girls dry. I didn't want them to be wet and uncomfortable and not have a good time. That's what I was worried about. Um, but I know in the back of the girl's mind and Sean's as well, I'm sure they were worried about the weather, um, as, uh, you know, as an avid boater and soon to be captain, you should always be, you know, in the back of your mind worried about something. Um, you know, whether it's the conditions, your equipment, um, the people on board, always be aware you should never be out there with just blind confidence or just complete and utter confidence because uh, nobody's perfect and the water always wins. So, um, but no, it was a great time. Um, we had a blast. Definitely pushed our limits, but didn't surpass them, which was perfect. That's the only way you get better and improve at stuff and get experience and situations like that is to be in them. Uh, so I was appreciative of all of that. Um, I'm glad everybody had a good time. They kept their spirits up. Nobody got down in the dumps on the trip, uh, when they easily could have. Um, but you know, don't surround yourself with soft people or you'll be a soft person. Everybody around me is pretty freaking hard. So, uh, powered right on through that. So really, really enjoy that. But what else is new? That's all I want to get into the, on the trip. We'll talk more about it in a future episode. Um, but I do want to cover a few things, uh, that we'll have coming up that you guys can look forward to, um, our episodes I'm hoping we'll get back to regular, but I cannot promise that just due to the summer and we've got so much planned. We're going to try and keep it regular with you guys, you know, morning coffee, cigarette, keep everything regular, 
But if we get behind, we apologize. Just know there's going to be some awesome content involved for you guys um, because we've got salmon season going full bore. Uh, Pretty much right now, we're going to be trying to do some China Poo snagging here sometime this week, potentially tomorrow, uh, which would be super sweet. Um, We've got uh, the Kenai flipping season, which is quickly approaching. Usually the end of July is my favorite time to be up there. So we're hoping to hit some saltwater reds uh, here this week and then here in the next couple weeks going up north and hitting those runs. We got to fill the freezers. It's an awesome time. Uh, Jordan absolutely freaking loves being on the river up there. And this year we also have access to a boat. Uh, so dip netting the seal off will be fun. Be able to do that either by uh, boat or by shore, but uh, probably both if we're being honest. And we're also going to try and get some halibut fishing and on the skiff. Um, been meaning to do it, but every time we're on the boat, we're usually just going you know, using it as a means of transportation, we're either bear hunting or, you know, camping, hiking. Uh, and we haven't, you know, we haven't used its fishing potential all that much yet. Um, you know, it's pretty much just been saltwater uh, season for us up till now. The rivers are starting to get hot. So uh, hopefully going to use that, get some dip netting in. And then we're pretty much going to be buttoned up to hunting season. Uh, sheep season will be kicking off, uh, you know, there in August. And then we've got early season archery moose for the first year, which I am super stoked for. Um, it I don't know. It hasn't been open since I've moved up here. So in the last 10 years, it has not been open in 15C, and we're going to get a late August moose archery only season, which is awesome. Uh, I've been shooting the new Matthews VX3 that I got absolutely loving it just did a little fine-tuning the other day what was that no it wasn't yes two days ago i was shooting a little bit left adjusted my sight um got it shooting great now i only had to lose a couple arrows before (laughs) realizing that so that's good gotten that dialed in you know we're getting comfortable out there you know anything a moose inside 40 donezo freaking game over but uh you know, comfortable on any any size game at 40 yards right now. We're trying to stretch that out. You know, want to try and be at least uh, lights out, confident at 60, and then everything past that, you know, depending on conditions and um, how I'm feeling, you know, physically in my archery. Uh, but that's uh, down the road. We're not there yet. No Cameron Haynes. Uh, but anything inside 40, call it freaking Dunzo. Spruce hen, ground squirrel, moose, dead. Um, so we're stoked for that early season moose hunt. Um, Sean is as well. We've got hopefully going to try and get up, uh, to Tustamina again for a uh, moose season at some point. I really want to get up there and, uh, look for some bulls up there. Um, not sure what part of the lake. Um, so don't get too excited. I can tell you where I'm going. And plus it's a fucking giant lake. So, uh, good luck finding us. Uh, but no, excited, 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 excited. Uh, we might have, you know, a few more hunts sprinkled in in there. We've been talking about a caribou hunt up north possibly. Um, but right now we're just focusing on what's in front of us right now because there's a ton. Um, so fishing's, fishing's next on deck for us. Uh, but what is also coming up quickly is my 
10 hour midnight shift that I have here in like four hours, five hours I have to be at work. And I literally got home one hour, got off work one hour and six minutes ago. Um, so we've got a turn and burden schedule for tonight. Uh, so I'm going to keep this short and sweet for you guys. Um, I promise our, it's never, never an episode unless it's never an episode unless I make fun of myself for stuttering at least once or twice. Um, but hopefully our regular, regular episodes will come back to you starting next week. We're going to be better about it. Um, it's just busy. So we appreciate you guys working with us on that. We also appreciate you guys when you like and subscribe to the podcast. Leave a five-star review. Leave a comment. Leave a remark. Do all that. The chickens are screaming in the background telling you to subscribe and share with a friend our podcast. Um, we ask of you to do that because we don't run those boring, lame ads that every other podcast does so you don't have to listen to those right now so thank you to us for doing that for you um and it just helps us grow the show um we do this out of the kindness of our heart like i said we don't run any form of ads um so we don't make any money off this uh we just do it because we enjoy talking with you guys we enjoy interacting with you guys and all that fun stuff plus some of y'all like our advice, which is awesome. Some of y'all just like making fun of us, which is awesome. We're here for all of it. All of it. Nice, mean, angry, sad, whatever it is. We're about it. So thank you guys. And until next time, get outdoors. Hug a tree. Touch some grass for damn it. Enjoy your evening, everybody. And thanks for listening to me by myself. So uh, thanks for hanging in there. <laughs>